Before, um, before I pray, I pray every time before the homily, just a note, we have a really long gospel today, touches on a lot of really sensitive things and just not enough time to, to get through them all. Um, so I'm not going to speak about that last piece about divorce. That really, Jesus is talking about the, the indissolubility of, of marriage there and that, that bond that, that is made. And so there's a lot of stuff there that touches a lot of sensitive things. If it's something that kind of poking at your heart, uh, tugging at your heart a little bit, then um, again, come if you want to talk to me, if you want to talk to someone, seek uh, the church's teaching on these things. And sometimes something can poke at our heart and we just kind of like, oh, I don't like that. I'm going to push that to side or I'm confused by that or, or, or I, don't, I don't agree with that. And then we just kind of push it aside or, or put it there. And, and that's not really what we need to do, right? Was it, that's there, something difficult in the gospel, like whatever it is. Just be open and honest with ourselves and with others, seeking the truth of what it is to understand it more, to live that way. Um, so yeah, lots of stuff there, lots of, lots of things that I t- that touches on. Understand that. Um, so hopefully another another homily another day. But let's pray. Come Holy Spirit, <clears throat> come Holy Spirit, and just move in our hearts. Make them fertile soil for the gospel that your word may bear great fruit in our lives. Lord, illuminate these scriptures for us. Convict and console our hearts. Speak, for your servants are listening. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. I don't know about you, but I've had this experience. I think most people have had this experience at some point where this is like this frustration with ourselves as we're trying to grow in a particular area and feel like we're not making any progress. Like, gosh, this, this sin, whatever this particular sin is, and it's like I'm banging my head against the wall. It's like I'm not making any progress. And I feel frustrated and maybe on the verge of a little bit of hopelessness. Like, is this ever going to get any better? Maybe in that moment, like you've turned to the scriptures, and sometimes I have maybe, maybe one day you're like, okay, I'm going I'm to read some of the gospel of Matthew. You broke out today's gospel, and you read it, and you're like, oh, thought the Lord was going to give me some hope, and this dashed against the rock, right? <laughs> what is this? Well, here's Jesus said, you've, you've heard it said, you shall not kill. I say, don't be angry. Oh, What? You've heard it said that you should not commit adultery. I say, if you lust after someone in your heart, you've committed adultery. What? Jesus, stop talking, right? You're making it harder. <laughs> what are you doing? And then we can, we can read these things and think again, my gosh, this, I can't do this. Can't do this. And if we're feeling that, that is not from the Lord. That is not from the Lord. What the Lord is giving us in this invitation in, we're reading through the Sermon on the Mount. It's this invitation to allow his law to penetrate our hearts ever more deeply. In Ezekiel, the Lord prophesied through the prophet Ezekiel, right in the midst of difficult times and and people of Israel are growing and stumbling and falling. And he he says this, he says, there will be a day, right? And I will take from you your stony hearts, and I will give you natural hearts. 
I will write my law upon your heart that you may live it. He's letting them know, like, there is going to be a time, and it is, it is the time of Christ and the pouring forth of the Holy Spirit where the Lord is going to give us the grace of, to enter more deeply of living his law, not on our own power, but in the power and the grace of, of the Holy Spirit in our life. We have to cooperate with him, and it takes that, and that's very real. But grace is powerful. And so if you're thinking to yourself, whether it be pride, gossip, envy, jealousy, lust, you know, lack of patience, lack of charity, lack of generosity, whatever the thing is, like, I just can't move forward in this. I'm not growing at all. Then the first thing that we have to believe is that it's possible. Like, if you don't believe or I don't believe that it's possible for God to change my heart, for me to grow in virtue and communion with Christ, then we aren't going to grow. We have to first believe that what the Lord is telling us and through his grace is possible. And that grace is powerful and it works miracles in our lives. Like We first have to believe that. What we missed a couple of weeks ago in the gospel, because we had the feast of the presentation of Christ, we missed the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount where Jesus talks about the Beatitudes. He's speaking the Beatitudes. I don't know if you've ever read or prayed through the Beatitudes, but I remember kind of right after my conversion, I'm reading through different parts of Scripture and praying with him, and I read the Beatitudes, and I'm like, that's awesome. I'm not sure what it means, really, but it's great. But I do really remember reading the one on the pure of heart. It said, blessed are the pure of heart, for they shall see God. Like, blessed are the pure of heart, for they shall see God. That as our hearts are purified in Christ, we have a greater vision of who the Lord is. And everything in relation to him. And I just knew that I wanted that. And I desired that. But then again, I looked at myself. I'm like, okay, I, Lord, I want this purity of heart where I can see you in a new and deep way. And I can see you in all people and all these things. But like, here is where I am. And there's a long way to get there, right? And when we think about this, we think, oh my gosh, I'm never going to get there. I'm never going to grow. Recently, one of our uh, focus missionaries was talking about this, and the way he put it was really beautiful. Like, we think about the person I am now and the saint that I desire to be, and if you don't desire to be a saint, then you should, because this is what God made us for. This is what we're talking about. He says, between the person I am now and the saint that I desire to be, it just seems too much, and like I'm never going to get there, and it feels hopeless. And we can feel that, the weight of whatever I want to, this virtue that I want to grow in, like I can't. And then so we just give in and think, well, maybe later, maybe another day, but today is just too heavy for me. So the second thing that that I want us to focus on and think about as we're growing in this, the first is conviction about the power of the gospel, conviction about the power of grace in our life, that God moves and it's real. The second thing is this. We don't have to win the whole battle right now. We just need to win the moment. 
Like, we don't have to say, okay, whether it's generosity I need to grow in, whether it's patience I need to grow in, whether it's justice I need to grow in, whether it's chastity I need to grow in, that I don't have to do all of that and make the entire leap right now. What I need to do is the moment right in front of me, I need to win this moment. I need to choose grace. I need to choose love. I need to choose virtue right now. Because every decision that we make, we're creatures of habit. And this is actually a very good thing. Every decision that we make, whether it be for sin or for the good, inclines us more towards that thing. Like when I choose sin, then in that moment, I'm not only sinning, but I'm inclining myself towards that sin more. If I do it over and over and over again, then I, then I create a habit, right? And then that's called a vice. But every time I choose good, then I'm inclining myself more towards the good. And if I choose the good over and over and over again, then I'm also building up a habit, and that's called a virtue. That I'm growing in virtue or vice, whichever decision that I make. And so we pray, if I think about that, oh my gosh, like I can never get there. I can never be the generous person. I can never be the chaste person. I can never be the charitable person. Okay, it feels heavy now, but you know what? This moment, right now, with the grace and the power of God, I can win this moment. I can choose in this moment what is the good right in front of me. What's important for us to understand here as we look at this, Jesus is talking about anger, right? Uh, talking about desire and different things. When we think of in the classical understanding of the human person, which the church still understands very much, that the, our passions, our desires, like the things that attract us to something, whether it be food or an attractive person or comfort or whatever, like, or that repel, repel us from something, that's our passions, our, these, these emotive things, these desires, right? And these are morally neutral in and of themselves. Like, they're morally neutral in and of themselves. But where, where morality comes into place is with the will. What am I choosing? This one Jesus says here, if you look at a woman with lust, you have already committed adultery with her in your heart. And when the scriptures speak about heart, what they're not talking about the emotions. They're not talking about the passions. Scripture is speaking about the core of who we are, the core of our being. And where the heart is scripturally is the will. The will. So what Jesus is saying, right, in this moment, like maybe whatever it is, again, we talk about anger, we talk about this, that somebody walks by who, oh, they just stole my girlfriend. And they walk by with my girlfriend. And I'm like, I don't like you, right? This immediate thought, like, I don't like you. I don't like either of you. I have a bat. I'm coming after you, right? So we, we, this initial experience of anger or whatever it is, is just that initial experience that we, that we can't necessarily control. But after that, after I'm aware of it, then that's where it comes into play. What am I going to do with it? What am I going to do with it? Because at the moment that I become aware, 
of what I'm feeling and I think, and if I cultivate it, if I think, oh yeah, you know, certainly if I go smack them over the head with the bad problems, right? But even if in my own heart, again, in my will, my mind, where I'm, I'm thinking about this and I'm willfully choosing, if I am imagining myself and enjoying this, this fantasy of beating them over the head with the bat, no bueno. That's sin. And then I'm cultivating anger. But I'm sinning because I'm choosing it. Same thing, right, with a, 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 the attraction to to someone else, the opposite sex, right? Someone comes by, and then I'm like, oh, hey, I'm attracted to them. And then, what do I do with it? Am I loving them well as a brother and sister in Christ? Or am I cultivating lust? The lustful thought comes, am I thinking about it, I'm fantasizing about these things, and I'm using them as an object, right? Then, then that's where there's sin. And I'm cultivating that in my life. Even if I don't do anything externally about it. But where Jesus is speaking about in our hearts, right? In our heart is where either sin comes from or charity. When I say charity, I'm talking about love. Love of God and love of neighbor. And so when these passions arise within us, whatever they are, they come forth. And then I'm aware of them. Now what do I do? And that's where we need to win the moment. That's where we need to win the moment. What am I going to do? And if, certainly if it's a good thing and if it's a good desire, and say, sweet, let's go. Then if it's something that's a temptation, anger, greed, lust, envy, pride, jealousy, gossip, you name it. In that moment, I need to say yes to the truth. I need to say yes to Christ. And when we do that, what does it require? Sacrifice, Right? Because these, these, our passions can be really strong. And, and our passions in and of themselves have been twisted because of sin. They've been disordered because of sin. But as we cooperate with grace and choose the good, then the Lord can reorder our passions according to what is right and good and true. And we can experience this freedom. Because that's what it is. It's not about just not doing the bad things. It's really about being free to do the good things. The virtuous person is free for the good, to love good things and choose good things and to appreciate good things, beautiful things. I remember the first time I was at Christ the King, I had a, a college student come and speak to me. And it, it was like they first came talk to me and they were kind of talking in circles. And I'm like, hey, just can, can, can you just tell me what, what you wanted to say? Like, well, you know. Like, I know it's a really good thing, but I feel kind of weird and because, uh, you know, I'm just like, hey, what is it? He's like, well, I'm not, I'm not really lusting after girls anymore. And why is this bad? Like, why is this bad? Why do we have? He's like, no, no, I know it's good, but it's just weird. Like, I've never experienced that before. And I, like, part of me is like, is something wrong with me? It's like, I still am attracted to them. I still desire to be, like, I'm like, sweet, good. This is how it's supposed to work, right? Like the Lord is working in your life. You have, now you have an attraction, right, that the Lord is beginning to purify. And instead of desiring to use someone as an object, you're beginning to see them as a person. And he's like, yeah, like I'm, 
Like, it's crazy. Even all of my relationships, all of my friendships is just different. There's this freedom. Like, yes. Yes. He's like, I didn't think this was possible. I know. It is possible. Again, and is this like constant all the time, whatever? We're going to experience temptation. We're going to experience it until, until we hit the grave. But the Lord can change us and transform us, and we can really grow in virtue and really go, grow in freedom. And so tonight, what I want us to begin to believe is this, that the power of the gospel can do this in our life. And that if we think about it and we get hopeless and we're thinking about, I have to become that saint right now, no. I just need to win this moment and then win the next moment and then win the next moment. And winning the moment takes sacrifice at times. I'm going to finish with this quote. The church says this in the catechism, the way of perfection. And when she speaks about perfection, she's not talking about perfectionism. That's not a good thing. She's talking about growth in virtue, configuration to Christ passes by the way of the cross. There is no holiness without renunciation and spiritual battle. Spiritual progress entails the asceticism and mortification that gradually lead to living in the peace and joy of the Beatitudes. That in those moments, when I want to gossip, when I, when I want to do the lustful thing, even in my own head, right, or want to do the greedy thing or the prideful thing, that in those moments, there can be a strong drive and a push. But if I die to self and offer myself to Christ and choose the good, like, it's going to feel painful. Sometimes it's like, it feels like I'm going to explode. I'm like, good, good. Like, unite that to Jesus and ask him to come in a powerful way. And he does. And he changes us. And he transforms us. And then we can be like that guy, like, I didn't even know this was possible. And then we will be people who are more and more living the freedom and the joy of the Beatitudes. Blessed, blessed are the pure in heart. For they, for we, shall see God.